All right, welcome back to episode four of the Fantasy Football Shit Show. I'm Kyle, joined by Danny. Week one of fantasy is officially in the books, whether that's a good or bad thing. Uh, I guess we're about to find out. Danny, how did week one treat you? How you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing good. Um, fantasy-wise, doing horribly. Uh, 0-4 throughout four leagues. So that was, that was a rough way to start, uh, start the year. Um, nothing like finishing last in points scored in one of your leagues. That'll really, really humble you a bit going into week two. <laughs> That's it. Well, I'm in three leagues. I went one and two. Um, so we're combined one and six. And uh, yet we're still going to go through with this uh, fantasy football at least, uh, at, podcast. At least, at least we play each other this week. So we can add another win to that total. Yeah. One of us will be discussing <laughs> a win. That's no matter how grimy it might be, we're guaranteed <laughs> our luck. We're going to tie somehow with decimals and everything like fucking ridiculous. That would be very on brand for us. Yeah. I would love that. Honestly. <laughs> no, I, I would, I'd rather lose. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just take that one too and just keep it moving. Uh, fuck. Yeah. You, yeah. You got it. <laughs> that point. Well, I mean, it, it's Friday morning. So a little bit different this week. Uh, we didn't drop it before uh, Thursday night football, which was actually a great game overall. I could get used to this Bengals Browns uh, little football going on. It's, it's, it's a nice change. It's a little bit refreshing. Um, but if you're wondering if you should have started, uh, you know, Cream Hunt or Nick Chubb, and you're like, shit, let's see what these guys say. Uh, didn't really matter. You could have started either. If you were lucky, you started yeah. both. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're a little bit late this week, but uh, it's all good. Uh, we're back early morning. And I guess uh, we could dive into it right off the rip, you know, not waste any more time. Um, I know there was a lot of surprises uh, throughout the first week. Um, so what was your, I guess, biggest surprise that you've seen during the, the first week? Uh, my, my biggest surprise, I was going through the list for, uh, for receivers. Um, I was going through catches, targets, yards, and I just kept seeing Atlanta Falcon receivers over and over and over again. <laughs> Everywhere. Um, yeah. Each of them had 12 targets. Each of them had nine catches all over a hundred yards and combined. They had what two touchdowns, the two to Ridley. So that's a lot of passing. Uh, they just kind of threw it all over the field to start the game. I mean, they even if you had Gurley, Gurley at least got a rushing touchdown out of it. Uh, he had uh, 60 yards, something around there. So yeah. it wasn't a terrible start for him either uh, as, a, as a Falcon. But that, that's the one that really jumped out is that there was three receivers on, uh, on Atlanta that just went completely off. So I'm curious to see if that's, that's a trend that can continue because they were in three receiver sets a lot of the game. Um, and then the, the target share. I'm curious to see how that looks moving forward. Each of them to have 12 seems very, very weird, um, especially with Julio and Ridley. You'd think that they would get a little bit more than, than Gage, but I was curious to see if that'll continue and what the Seattle defense is going gonna, is gonna to adjust because uh, they play the, the Patriots this week. So I'm curious to see what, what happens with their offense if they throw it a little bit more just because of the matchup that they have. That's it. Yeah, it's – it's very rare that you see something like that. Three receivers, double digits, you know, it's pretty crazy. I don't know if that's something they're just going to start doing. Like, is that their game plan moving forward? Like, they're like, you know, we actually upgraded at running back from where we were, but we're going to start throwing the ball more. Or maybe it's just because it was, it was just a straight up shootout. Both yeah. teams, like, 
even Russell Wilson was throwing way more than he ever has. You know, they were just bombing, and that was beautiful to see. Another fucking good game, honestly. But uh, I'm interested to see that. I, I think uh, some targets, if they are going to be taken away, obviously, Gage going to send those over to Julio or Ridley. Yeah. But Ridley, like, how do you defend these guys? You know, like, it's pretty tough. Like, they're throwing the ball that much with such consistent receivers, three of them. So you, you have to respect it. But then at any time they can check down or hand it off to Todd Gurley. And now he has room because you can't really stack the box against the team who's, who's yeah. doing this. So I think they're in a, a pretty good place offensively right now. Yeah, I, I, that game was very odd to me. I don't, I don't know. Russell Wilson throwing as much as he did. Um, 31 for 35, so not many bad decisions by Russell Wilson, which is obviously what he does best. Um, he was the, the, the best fantasy quarterback this, this week. So uh, I am curious to see if that continues and if they're just abandoning the run game, if they're not comfortable with it yet. I, I really don't understand what that was because it was so off-brand for what they've been doing for the, since basically Pete Carroll got there. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm wondering if this is like a, a Russell Wilson putting his foot down, just saying, we want to throw the ball. I want to throw the ball. I want to put up my stats. Uh, I'm always a team-first guy, but I kind of want to get maybe – that MVP, maybe he's gunning for it because it's a, it's very weird to see him not throw the ball for like 20 times, but to throw it for 35 yeah. in, a, in a game that they were basically leading front to back. Uh, it se- seemed a little odd. Yeah. And the accuracy this guy had 31 for yeah. 35, like he's not just chucking up the ball to, for the sake of throwing it. He's completing passes every, almost every single time he, he threw that ball. Yeah, it's definitely interesting for a team that's pretty much been run heavy in top rushing teams or top five, top six rushing teams over the last you know few years. So pretty interesting to see, honestly. I'm excited to see him throw the ball a lot more, uh, but I don't want them to completely abandon the run game just because of my boy, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, are you sure about that? Are you sure you're excited <laughs> about them throwing this much? Hey, he, he barely, you know, had any touches, but he got a couple receiving touchdowns. Chris Carson, uh, you know, my, that's my guy. So if they are throwing, hopefully they, he can get in there. He's not a, he's not a terrible back uh, at pass catching either. So even a couple of check downs, I mean, in the 20 or whatever, could, could still get you your points throughout the week. Like I said, that was also a week one just – absolute shootout on both sides of uh, both teams so who knows maybe they they go back to their their game plan against the patriots i think they're gonna have to run a little bit more to open up uh, some other options so we'll see what happens there yeah even like carson like you said it he didn't have the game that he's normally using only had six carries yeah. um still finishes the seventh best running back last week because yeah. of those touchdowns so I, I am curious to see if that is an outlier or is the game because in, in my mind with Carson, it's it's one of two things. It's either the worst game he's going to have all season or the best game he's going to have all season. Yeah, because it's either they go back to where what they're normally used to, and then he gets the kind of touches that he's normally used to, or they continue with this throwing offense, and that's as good as it gets for him. Yeah, and then he gets touchdowns. lost in it too, like those passes turning into touchdowns if they're throwing a lot more, they're, they're probably not going to be thrown to him that often, you know, yeah. like he was in a good spot for both of those. And one of them, he brought in from like 20. So he, they're probably going to be looking more at tight ends, uh, you know, in the red zone, if they're throwing it or if they scramble, you know, Russell Wilson's easily capable to fucking run it in himself. So 
a little worrisome, but I think they go back to their roots eventually. I mean, especially if they're up in a game, I mean, no point of just fucking throwing it. And with their team, I think they'll be up in a lot of games or most of their games uh, this year. So yeah. It could be good for him. Yeah, they, they, they should go back to what they're, they're used to. But I am I'm curious because the report that came out that Russell Wilson was asking for for more throws and to be more of the key part of the offense, which he absolutely should be. Yeah, um, he's your best player by far. By far. And I am curious to see what they do this week. Good, way better defense they're going to play this week than they did last week. I yeah. want to see if it is going to be something where they don't feel as comfortable throwing the ball against the Patriots. Uh, you know, they have they have good corners out there. So I'm curious to see if it's going to be something that's going to be handoffs, a lot, of, a lot more touches for Carson, maybe even Hyde gets into the action a little bit more than we saw last week. Um, yeah. Or are they just going to try and just pedal to the metal, just kind of figure out how to, to, to score on every team by throwing? Yeah, that's going to be a good, good game to watch. I think it'd be interesting uh, if you've been following Cam also. Obviously, he had a couple of rushing touchdowns. Yeah, they played a weaker team in the Dolphins, but... I think it'd be interesting to see what he does against Seattle too, because they're both facing pretty good teams uh, defensively as well. So it'll be interesting to see because how they kind of change their game plan based on who they're playing and see what you can get away with week one that you can't necessarily get away with this game. So that's definitely going to be a game to watch. Both quarterbacks are going to be really interesting. So yeah, Yeah, that should definitely be, uh, and that's, I believe the Sunday nighter. So uh, yes, please. Yeah, we're getting spoiled. I will take that. Yeah, and especially after what we saw last night with those—I don't want to say crappy teams, but crappy teams—to yeah. uh, get sixty-five points on a short week, um, I'm I'm pleasantly excited for the rest of the season because I think yeah. offenses are a lot more ahead of defenses than we're used to early season. Yeah, um, and I think we're going to get a lot of a lot of points early on the first few weeks because of that, and then maybe we'll start to slow down once the defenses catch up like normal. That's it, and it's weird because you think no preseason because obviously we didn't we didn't have any, yeah. and you thought that would affect offense, but it's definitely appears to be affecting defense a lot more than offense. They have to adjust a lot more. I mean, offense like a lot of like when you first start playing football, no one really starts playing like their goal is to be like a top corner, you know. Like even when you're a kid, so I think offense just comes more naturally, getting open that you want that ball, and like you're worrying more about yourself than about someone else defense is kind of the opposite so but eventually they're going to catch up so this is the t- the chance to get some high scoring games on the board when i seen cincy and uh, browns on a thursday night i was like come on fuck really yeah. and then the game happened plus six you know i'm sweating it out they backdoor <laughs> cover let's fucking go it was a good thursday night overall man. yeah did 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 you see what they were previewing for next week on thursday night what's that uh just basically the just a hard pass just i i oh, could not oh. like if, if they were like, oh, tune in next week for Dolphins and Jaguars. Oh, my uh, God. Do I have to? Do I ha- Like, what happens if I don't want to? <laughs> the only time I watch um, – <laughs> no. Well, uh, I'm probably going to watch it. Yeah, 100% guess. I'm going to watch it. But... What else am I going to do? Am I going to enjoy it? Absolutely not. It doesn't mean anything for me fantasy-wise either because, like, why would it? <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you, why? you don't want to see the, the best beard in football against the best mustache in football? Anyway, battle of the facial hair. I like it. Like, oh my God, get me out of that game now. <laughs> How do you flex out of that game? Yeah, that's rough, man. Jesus. Rough, man. But let's, uh, I mean, like I said, week one was crazy. So there's obviously some guys that I think overperformed and guys that underperformed. And so 
you're going to want to go trade those guys that overperformed that you think are going to drop and then vice versa for the others. So right now, if you're, you know, selling high, who are you selling right? Like at this moment? Yeah. I, I think I touched on a little bit earlier. I, for me, it's Chris Carson. I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know what this offense is. Uh, I think it might be more Russell Wilson than we're used to. I think it's gonna be a lot more throwing than we're used to. And I don't know where that leaves Chris Carson. He's, He's not the greatest receiving back that we've ever seen. Um, he's had, he had a, probably his best game ever as a catching back. So maybe that is something that's that's coming because of the offense. Um, I'm a little skeptical. Only six carries. Hyde had seven. Didn't really get the the, the touches that we're used to. Uh, and if that offense keeps throwing the ball, I just would rather sell him high and see what I could get um, than to keep writing it out week in and week out, not really knowing what his role is and how many touches he's going to get. Yeah, definitely a lot of question marks like we discussed. I mean, now would be a great time to do it because he's obviously had the last couple of seasons. He's a fucking beast at rushing and everything. And even though he only had a few carries week one, he still put up over 20 points, uh, you know, a couple touchdowns. So he's attractive right now. Like right now, this is like if you're worried about the rest of the season, this is when you get rid of him because the return is going to be if he shits the bed next week. People are going to be okay. Well, this is what we're probably going to get used to. You might your return on him won't be as good. So if you if you don't believe in him, I do. So I wouldn't trade him. But <laughs> but if you don't, then obviously, yeah, right now is the perfect time. Yeah, like last year he had thirty seven catches. The year before that he had twenty. He had yeah. six. He had six in game one. So I don't know yeah. if that's a, a trend where he's going to continue to be that uh, their their back and he's going to get catches now, which therefore could push him into an even higher tier because of that. Uh, I'm just skeptical because I don't think he's that kind of back. So I think he's going to end up regressing because he doesn't have those carries and the touches. He's not as, uh, as explosive as a running back. It's more of a, a, a volume kind of thing where he's getting these touches, getting these carries and he's getting, you know, 25 carries for 125 yards. Yeah. Whereas if you're only getting 15 carries, 12 carries and you're getting a couple more catches. I don't know if that uh, will help his yards total uh, at the end of the year, the yards from scrimmage. So I, I am curious to see what week two looks like and maybe, maybe hold on to him for maybe another week or two to see what happens. And if he's continuing to, to have these kind of games where he touches the ball out of the backfield for, for catches and, and adds points that way, maybe you do keep him. But for me, it is someone that I would be looking to trade right now and seeing what I can get. Fair enough. Yeah. Like I said, this, this would be the time if you, if you are worried about uh, what's going to happen with the Seahawks offense overall, this is the time. Um, for me right now, who I would try to trade, um, I'll still go running backs. It would be Melvin Gordon. Uh, he, I mean, obviously fumble issues is a big problem. He's fighting for, you know, touches between Philip Lindsay, who in my opinion, I think is a better running back. And Royce Freeman, who's still a good running back. Like, he's obviously third in, in between that trio right there. But right now, like, he put up, I think, just over 15 points. He had a touchdown. Obviously, he had a fumble that turned directly into seven points the other way, which is probably the easiest way to lose your job as a running back, uh, especially when they have a guy like Philip Lindsay who's just there ready to take your spot. Yeah. But if you look at the first half before Philip Lindsay got injured, he played more snaps he, and he had more carries. So I think Melvin Gordon only got those points because he wasn't sharing with Philip Lindsay. So this, is, this might be the best Melvin Gordon you see until Philip Lindsay comes back. Then he's going to be taking away a lot more touches, 
even targets too, like because he's pretty good at catching the ball. Obviously, Melvin Gordon was never really that receiving type back with Eckler, and you know he was never their go-to receiver. So, I think now would be a great time because I just once Philip Lindsay comes back, I don't think you're going to be seeing too many big games from uh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It is someone that they they did go out and sign, so you never know with those type of guys if they're gonna try and just ride them until the very end to kind of justify what their their signing was. Uh, it, it was a weird signing to begin with. I didn't think it was uh, a team that should have been signing him. No, I really like Philip Lindsay, but it doesn't look like the coaching staff or the front office do, because every which year, is weird. Every year, it seems like there's someone in there that they're trying to get touches for. Yeah. Um, but uh, Phil Blizz is a guy that I would take on my team 100 times out of 100. I, it's just a guy that I think is consistently good. He gives you um, – he can run between the tackles. He can catch the ball. So I, I'm, I'm shocked that they went on and signed Gordon. But I think they just got lost in trying to give Drew Locke as much as they can because even their draft, they drafted like three skill guys. To, yep. to try and complement their their offense, so uh, I, I I'm not crazy about Melvin Gordon. It's a guy that I wasn't crazy about when he was a Charger. Uh, I, I had to like him because he was a first round back for us, but uh, he just he, he gets himself into trouble with his fumbles and his especially near the goal line. And if he does a couple of those uh, throughout the season, then we might see a, a short leash for him moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So get rid of him. <laughs> 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 Lindsay's gonna be back in a week or two, probably. So hopefully, you, you have a yeah. Hopefully, so yeah, you have a few weeks to to start uh, taking some calls. You know, tell yeah, he's on the he's on the block, boys. He's on the block. Yeah, hopefully, there's a a, a big game coming up somewhere for him, and uh, that way you can kind of flip him for something uh, yeah, a, little bit a little bit. Get your stock up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's got Pittsburgh and then Tampa Bay, and we just saw what Pittsburgh did. We just saw what Pittsburgh did to Barkley. So it could be worse. This is literally the best time to sell him is right now. Yeah. And like I said, look what he did, what they did to Barkley in the game that Barkley had. No. Hot take. This might be your one and only chance ever to buy low on Barkley. Like you'll, you got to think he's always your, the first or second pick in the draft. So unless you're trading McCaffrey for him, you're technically getting him at a discount. Yeah. So I would say, Buy low, not because he's bad, only because someone spent that really high pick on him. They probably needed even just 15 points, which is pretty low for him, you could say, to win their week to finish it out on Monday night. And obviously he had, what, 0.4 yards a carry, which is not something used to. I mean, obviously he caught some balls, which really made up for that, brought him into the double digits. But uh you might have that fantasy owner who has him right now. He's a little bit worried about his production and he would take maybe a Josh Jacobs who you got at the end of the first round or, you know, beginning of the second round who put up what three touchdowns uh, this yeah. last week. So it might be your time to, to get Saquon. It's the only time I think he'll ever be at a discount because he's always drafted right at the end and he never has a, I guess a poor week one, like he did this week. So this might be your only opportunity, honestly. And I'm not saying that people would move him, but there are, you do have those fantasy owners after the first week, half their teams on the block because they underperformed and you're like, you're yeah. an idiot. Why would you do that? Like it's, yeah. it's a long, but short season at the same time. I get it. You need the wins early, but you don't give up on your, your picks that early, especially your first round pick. So we'll see what happens there. I think yeah. you could potentially get them as at a steal right now. 
Yeah, and, and especially if that owner had Barkley maybe last year where he was hurt and wasn't yeah. performing as well. Get the he may have, yeah, it may have a trigger finger for, for, for pulling a trade like that. Um, his, his playoff matchups, his fantasy playoff matchups, Arizona, Cleveland, but then the finals would be Baltimore. So it would be a tough matchup right at the end of the season to, yeah. for that. But Arizona and then Cleveland for the first two playoff games. I, I think that's the guy that you would you would call up and, and try and get right away. Uh, would you trade one of those elite running backs to, to try and flip him, try and get him? Uh, would you trade a Kamara? Would you trade a Cook maybe to try and, and just gauge the interest there, even if you have to add a little sweetener here or there? Um, I, th- I think I would. I think it's just a bad week. So maybe just, just see what you can get. Throw yeah. out that offer. See if you can offer maybe uh, a Kamara or something like that. Just because with, with Michael Thomas out, Kamara's numbers probably will go up in the next few weeks. But the teams could also maybe just plan for him more and maybe try and take away his his sweet spots where they don't have to worry about Michael Thomas as much. Yeah. So you may see him be the focal point of, of defensive uh, coordinators' plans throughout the week. So I am curious to see how that plays out in, uh, in New Orleans as well. Yeah, it's, that's going to be interesting. Kamara, I don't know if I – like they're, like Dalvin Cook, if I had him, I would make an offer for Saquon. Uh, there's a couple guys, you know, Josh Jacobs and a little extra, you know, for Saquon. Like, like I said, it's a, it's a good time, you know, three touchdowns to 0.4 yards to carry. It looks good on paper. And like he said, if the, if he's having some, that fantasy owner is having some doubts, that could be, like I said, the one and only time you'll ever get a discount on Saquon, let's say. So, but uh, enough about Saquon. Who do you think is, the best guy right now that you can potentially buy low after their week one performance. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Zach Ertz. I, I, there's just so much smoke around that situation. Um, we don't know if he's going to be traded or he's going to get the contract. doesn't look like he's going to get the contract that he wants from Philly. So um, he only had three catches, had, what was it? 12 yards, 13 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't because of that touchdown. It wasn't a completely bust week, especially as a tight end. You get one touchdown. You're basically in the top, <laughs> top 10, four, five, you know? <laughs> so it, it wasn't a, uh, like an absolutely wasteful, wasteful week, but I, I, I would try and, and see what I could get, f- uh, get him for because People are going to think that Goddard has overtaken him as their tight end. Um, and they're going to start to worry about not getting proper value if this keeps up. And they're going to be stuck with him for a week. So I, I would try and gauge the interest on, on whoever has Ertz in your league. Uh, either his, his, his targets were there. His numbers will go back up to normal. And if they don't on Philly and they, they trade him, I, I think he's, he's right back to where he should be anyways because yeah. – a team trading for him is going to implement him right away and try and get the ball to him as much as possible. So um, for me, it would be Zacherts. Yeah. I like that. Zacherts for sure. I mean, and if you look at Philly just week one, Goddard, like they're, they're running two tight ends a lot. Yeah. And the fact that Goddard was, did he finish his tight end number one? Yeah, I believe so. That that's got to worry you as a, you know, an owner of Zacherts, you know, week one, you're like, all right, he take away that touchdown. He had a few points, barely, you know. So uh, right now, and obviously, like I said, he's going to bounce back, especially with the, all the injuries that are always on the Eagles. He's like your consistent guy that's going to be getting those targets. So he's going to get there. So if you can get him for cheap right now, uh, if you you know trade a, a, a I don't know a receiver and then like whatever tight end you're running because it's definitely not as good as Zach Ertz. 
maybe yeah. package that, get Zach Ertz. He's going to bounce back. And like I said, if he does get traded, and that's why they're, you know, not giving him that contract yet because they're looking for trades. I think he actually gets better on almost any team that he goes to, because if you're trading for Zach Ertz, you're you're pushing. You know, you're trying to get into the playoffs. So uh, you, that's why you're making that trade. And I think there he's he's going to get that respect and not. I don't think the entire defense will be focused on him like it kind of is in Philly because they don't really have to respect too many receivers because most of them are injured at all times. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's a good point. And yeah, uh, it was it was Mark Andrews this week. Oh, Andrews. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So and and Goddard was two. So, two. Yeah, Ertz Ertz was fifteen. Yeah, even with thirteen receiving yards. So it's like I I, I wouldn't freak out too much about it. I mean Ertz still had more points than Kittle. So, you yeah. know, I, I think it is something that there is a little bit of, of worry because Goddard has such a good game. Um, but I th- I think Ertz is still going to be a mismatch all over the field. And Wentz trusts both tight ends. So we could see both of them being easily startable across all formats now. I think Goddard finished as tight end 12 last year. So both of them are should be started. Both of them are going to have their games where they – they have that over hundred yards touchdown or two touchdowns. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I have no worry about Ertz. If I own him, I'm going to keep him. Uh, and if I don't, I'll probably see what I could, uh, what I could trade for him. If, if a guy's willing to take a, a Hunter Henry or a Darren Waller and, and a little bit of a sweetener, just because those guys are a little more safe at this point, because they don't have competition at tight end. Yeah, for sure. So go, go by Saquon, if you can, which is going to be a hard do. And Zach Ertz, which might be a little bit easier to get your hands on right now based off week one. So, yeah, but if you can't get those guys, there's always the waiver wire. And there's a lot of targets on the waiver wire, depending how deep your your league is. If you're in a 14, 16, chances are most of these guys were already taken anyways, because not very many options at that point. But uh, 10, 12, even 14, some of them were available. So, there's some studs that kind of surprise people running backs, especially I think that people weren't too sure of, uh, you know, committee backs and stuff like that, that actually stood out and kind of took over the main role and might be seeing that moving forward. So who would you right now, who are you targeting on the wire, uh, the wire right now? Uh, for, for me, it's Naeem Hines. Uh, I, I think that with Matt going down, it clearly puts him and Taylor in roles uh, that are easily definable. Whereas before with Mac, Mac was taking away snaps from both of them. Um, I think it was a very easy transition to have Taylor as your main back, your, your workhorse, and then have Hines on the field for passing downs and, uh, and things like that. Um, Hines had 15 touches this, this week. Uh, he was on the field for 53% of the snaps. That's like, that's 53% of the snaps is where you have your number one running back on the field for. Those 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 middle tier number one backs. That's how long they're on the field for. So, I I think we're going to see him have a, a productive role from now on. Um, you can count on him week in and week out. I think Rivers uses two running backs a lot, especially in the passing game. Uh, he loves the check down. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of Hines. I think where he's going to be a very consistent flex or even a low end RB two the from here on out. Yeah, and that O line, you you got to credit yeah. that fucking O line, one of the best in the league. Quentin Nelson, that's my boy. I love that guy. He's fucking amazing. But uh, yeah, uh, I like him. I like I like both those running backs. Now that Max out because like you hate to see a guy go down, obviously. Yeah. But with Mac being their number one, you're not too sure who's that clear number two. And now you know they're one and two, no questions asked. And yeah. 
there was a lot of expectations on Taylor. So I think everyone who drafted him when they first started watching the game, they're like, he's not getting in there too much when Mac was in there and, you know, Hines or whatever. So now that he's out, it makes you pretty happy. And like I said, this guy was on the field for more than 50% of the snaps. So and with that O-line, it's hard to to play poorly, I would say. <laughs> Even yeah. if your team's not doing too well, chances are you're going to be fine at the running back position. Yeah, who do you uh, who do you have for your waiver wire target of the week? Well, there was two that I was interested in. So one, Malcolm Brown. Um, yeah. He was probably available if you were in like a smaller league, maybe a 10, 12. Uh, but if you're in, I mean, he dominated. He played very well. And they were in like a, a committee situation as well. Obviously, you got like Cam Akers and uh, who's it? Daryl Henderson or whatever, yeah. which I didn't expect too much from him. But I thought Akers would be going into week one. I want to say he was or on first on the depth chart was Akers yeah. for a while. And now if you look, it's uh, Malcolm Brown. And I mean, he kind of earned it. I mean, he, he did really well. So he's probably available. If not, I liked Adrian Peterson. That's just a weird, like we're talking about backs yeah. the committee. Yeah. Don't even know why they went and picked up the running back, honestly. But he, 14 carries, 93 yards, three for three uh, in the air for 20, 21. Uh, so he, he did what he had to do. He was just, this guy doesn't stop. He's just a fucking workhorse, and he every you know every time he gets the ball, there's a chance for a breakout run or you know like still even though he's yeah. I don't even fucking know how old he is right now, but he's a lot of people would have already been retired, let's say. So he's still going strong. He looks good, and he outplayed everyone else. He had more, I mean, more carries than Swift and Carryon Johnson combined, which were both over the last few years drafted at a respectable position, like a yeah. you know number. Yeah. So. The fact that he had more carries than both of them combined, I think we're going to see carry on just kind of disappear and then he'll just kind of be fighting with a uh, swift Peterson. So I like both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it was weird to see that just pick up a guy off the street and then he's your lead back. It, it, it's very Bill yeah. Belichick esque coming from Matt Patricia. So exactly. uh, it shouldn't be surprising to anyone that you basically don't want running backs from that coaching tree. Because yeah. you're just going to get screwed over with these running back by committees. Too many teams run them. And if you're a Belichick disciple, you're definitely going to run it. Um, so it was interesting to see Peterson get that many touches. Uh, I am. I, I do want to see them use Swift more. Yeah. I, I, think, um, I, I think he is a really, really big talent. So seeing him drop the, the last pass of the game for, to win obviously hurts. I, I want to see how he bounces back and, and – I want to see him get used a little bit more in the passing game and things like that, just to, to get that, that offense to another level. It's fine running with Peterson. Peterson's going to hurt some people. He's going to run downhill. Yeah. Um, but I would like to see more swift, uh, get a little more touches, maybe some more catches, get him out in open space and let him, let him do his thing. I think that could be a really good tandem. So I am curious to see what they do with, uh, with carry on Johnson. I, I wonder how far he's going to end up slipping or if, if he's someone Might that's, that's going to get tra- Yeah, if, if that's something that they look to, to trade. But not knowing them, they'll keep three, four, eight running backs just to be safe. Yeah, it's crazy. They all have fucking 14 running backs <laughs> at all times <laughs> on their <laughs> roster. I'm like, why? That's it's it. so weird. That's it. And, like, those goal line touches, too. I mean, with those backs, uh, it's pretty safe to say it'd be Adrian Peterson getting those. Like I said, he's downhill running. just fucking kills people. So uh, in, a, in a pretty deep league – he'd be a good guy to pick up 
Um, I know some people probably picked him up with the last pick of the draft anyways, if you're in like a 14, 16, if he was available. Yeah. But, uh, I was very surprised to see that come out of him considering he just got picked up. But yeah. It's yeah. Insane. And, and he, he played 30 percent of the snaps Swift played 43. So I, 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 they're putting him on the field. So I wonder if Peterson's role will diminish as the, the more they trust Swift. Cause again, no training camp, really no preseason. So yeah. these rookie running backs, you're not really sure of. And I think that's why you saw a lot of Malcolm Brown in, in LA um, is cause Cam Akers just wasn't that kind of guy yet. He, he, he looked hesitant in, at certain times that game. Um, I don't think they fully trust him yet. So maybe we'll see more Cam Akers later on in the year. Uh, yeah. But for right now, I think we're going to see a lot of Malcolm Brown. That's it. Uh, I like Malcolm Brown right now. I picked up him. I think he was RB five, six, whatever, depending on your league. But I picked him up. Uh, I'll probably be starting him this week, if I'm being honest, because due to injuries, I got I got some guys out. But <laughs> I think it's going to be fucking interesting. Um before we wrap up, I have to admit defeat. Our draft <laughs> kings. Don't know what happened. We were discussing it yesterday. Uh, I was down by six going into the Monday nighter. And I'm like, all right. So I lose by six because we both have Juju left. Turns out um, I ended up changing my lineup. I took Juju out. Not sure why. And the guy that I had for that game was James Conner. The biggest letdown of probably the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's safe to say. Um, so, yeah, uh, you beat me by like 27. So this week, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping to bounce back, stick with my lineup that I initially put in because, I mean, I would have lost regardless, but it's a, it's a big <laughs> jump from 6 to 27, especially when I didn't know that I did not have Juju. So I'm watching it. I'm rooting for him. I'm like, let's fucking go. Then not knowing I should be. And I had James Conner in one of my fantasy leagues too. I was up going into that Monday nighter. It was James Conner, and I was playing against Saquon. So that game by Saquon saved yeah. me my week. That was my yeah. one win. I won by a couple points because wow. Saquon shat the bed. Because both of them shat the bed evenly. Yeah, and then he got – well, whether he's injured or he just played like shit, Conner wasn't used anymore. So I'm like, all right, so uh, this is what it is. Let's just hope Saquon doesn't do anything. And then that Steelers defense helped me uh, and covered my bet too, so. Yeah, so we'll, we'll throw those we'll throw those teams up on uh, on our on our Twitter. Yeah. Um, I, I I had to change it. I had a lineup set yesterday, and then the AJ Brown news came out, so I already had to tinker with my lineup. So uh, I'm I'm feeling confident what I did. I kind of have to hope for a high scoring KC Chargers game, which yeah. I'm not crazy about. But uh, yeah, we'll throw that up. One nothing me so far. So I'm, I'll I'll take that. I'll take yeah. that. But I I do believe you have the tiebreaker now, right? Uh, Who would I have, Lazard? Yeah, and he had a nice he had a nice week one. And you He's, went with Beasley, right? Yeah, so he had sixteen point two points in the first week. Yeah, um, and Beasley had seven point eight. So you are up on the tiebreaker. Doubled up a little bit. So, so hopefully, I can use that tiebreaker at the end. But it's it's only week one, man. We got time. We got, we got time. time. It's funny. Uh, we we just guessed it quick. We have our our two running backs and our flex is the exact same. Yeah, our, we have three of the exact same running backs. So that's gonna be interesting how we build our teams around that, knowing that that amount of money is already allocated to the running backs. Yeah, so. which 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 is fine with me. If if we're punting on on those positions, I'm good with it. I'll yeah. I, I'll trust the, the the rest of the guys to get it done. I think we each had uh, David Johnson, Miles Sanders, and Edward Tillaire. Yeah. So it was like we're just gonna load up on running backs. So I I want to see what's the the highest point total we have 
uh, for the whole season. I'm curious to see if it is something like this where at the beginning of the season, some guys are a little uh, cheaper because of past performance at week one or because of an injury as in Miles Sanders case, he was only 6,000 on DraftKings. So yeah. uh, I felt like that was really good value for what he should be in that offense. Yeah, absolutely. That's why when I seen some of the prices, it's like discounts, I love discounts. <laughs> let's, let's let's do it so we'll be posting these on the uh, on our twitter uh, ff shit show and week two started last night and it continues sunday i'm fucking stoked we got a lot going on a lot of games a lot of players so good luck to everybody in your weeks and uh hopefully i'll be discussing uh, a couple wins next week cheers boys peace